Hello and welcome to After Hours, where myself, Kayla Gerardo, Sofia Banuelos, and Sarah Cortez dissect academic terms like imposter syndrome, hidden curriculum, and various professional expectancies that explore areas like negotiating a salary or figuring out what business casual actually is. On this episode, we'll discuss the validation theory, an important concept for first-generation college students and professionals. Hello, guys. So just to jump into the topic, there is absolutely no better way to start off than introducing Laura Rendon herself. For those who don't know who Laura Rendon is, she is a renowned scholar focused on student equity in higher education. Now, this woman has done some profound research, specifically speaking about her journal titled Validating Culturally Diverse Students. According to her, it is essential to acknowledge and affirm each person's distinctive experiences, identities, and viewpoints, particularly those from culturally diverse origins. Now, that is interesting now that I think about it, you know, because I feel as if validation is such an unspoken topic. I could think of so many instances in my life where positive feedback or constructive criticism has helped me significantly. Not only that, but just saying things like, literally just saying like, good job on that assignment you did. You did good because X, Y, and Z. I really appreciated how you fixed your thesis because last time it was a little, you know, chunky. Like, let's just smooth out that paragraph a little bit together. Like saying those things, like how I can do better instead of, no, you need to redo this. Yeah. Like just going through the steps and through those motions, go the, you know, the extra mile. Yeah. Even if there isn't a lot of positive things, there will always be one. If you want to give constructive criticism, absolutely okay. But what did they do right? What did they do right to keep them motivated and to keep them feeling high and feeling like they can do something or whatever project that you are working on? And it's also the way you go about it too. I think like both of you brought up like really like great like points. You have to first be like positive about it because I feel like a lot of people will want to hear like the positivity first, obviously, because it will essentially just like validate your own emotions and just everything. And then just going in with the constructive criticism because everyone has room to improve. Yeah, and the end of the day, we're all human. We're not robots. And I, I know it's silly what I'm gonna about to say, but I think people genuinely forget that people are human sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we all experience the same emotions and we all have things outside of school and work. And it's okay to, you know, have those obstacles. But I think the biggest thing at the end of the day is communication. Yeah. Um, Communicate what I can do better. Communicate what I did right. Exactly. Communicate (laughs) what I did right. Because if you communicate what I do right, like, I'm going to do it again. And if anything, like, I want to be better because I did it right. And also, when I get validated by whether it's my friends, whether it's my teachers, whether it's um, my supervisors, I want to go to work. I want to go to I want to go to class like because I feel welcome. I feel safe to ask those questions, those common sense questions yeah. that you think like oh, everyone's going to know the answer to. But in reality, nice. when yeah, when you ask that question and you see everyone else go like, "Oh, I had that same question yeah. too." But it's just someone just had the confidence. Yeah. Right to ask that question nine times not even nine times out of ten I'll go as far as to say ten times out of ten you are never going to be the only one you someone else will have that shared experience someone else is going to have that question someone else is going to need some more clarification about a project or about a work assignment odds are if you don't know someone else doesn't know so exactly and 
first-generation college students and professionals often face challenges such as imposter syndrome, cultural adjustment, and navigating unfamiliar academic environments. But the validation and acknowledgement of their experiences can bring about transformative outcomes. An example I want to bring up, like now that I'm thinking about it, is something that actually happened today. Um, I'm actually a senior community advisor. And for those of you who don't know, I supervise RAs. And for those of you who don't know what RAs are, um, they're residential advisors and they basically oversee people who live in the dorm. So making sure they're safe, um, giving them resources, um, things like that on campus. And one of the things that we talked about today during our trainings is how we are a Hispanic serving institution and a lot of first generation college students come to Channel Islands. And we were just talking about what we can do um, as RAs to help these first generation college students, especially these freshmen who are bridging into like living on campus because it's like a whole different life from going, you know, living on home and living on campus because you eat, breathe, work there, like you're doing everything there. So we're just having that conversation about what we can do as RAs to, you know, making them feel welcome. And one of the things I asked them is like, raise your hand if you are a first generation college student and like talk about like your shared experiences as a first generation college student. And just listening to everyone talk about like how it is to be a first generation college student and like the struggles, like little things about applying for FAFSA or not even knowing what office hours were. Like just that and hearing that, that I wasn't alone was a validating experience in itself. And I think just having this conversation, like how Sarah, Sophia and I are right now, is just validating others. And I hope, you know, it continues the conversation as well. Right, especially like going into like navigating unfamiliar academic environments. I know, especially when I was like in high school or even like as a transfer student, I would go on to like college tours and I wouldn't know like specific terms that were specific to like the university environment. And honestly, just to stem off of that, Kayla, you mentioned imposter syndrome. For those of you guys who don't know, imposter syndrome is actually that uncomfortable feeling you experience when you think you're unqualified for something or honestly incompetent for something, despite of being so high performing in your external environment. I myself, and I know so many people feel like they may not be good enough or they they may not be as accomplished as they think they are just because, you know, you're chasing something and you're chasing that success. But if you're not, in my opinion, if you're not internally successful, as in like you are comfortable with yourself and not only that, but people don't acknowledge it as well. Like, mm -hmm. let's just go back to the validation theory for imposter syndrome. People mm -hmm. appreciate it. Exactly. Exactly. Like if you don't give yourself that self, that self, positive talk and someone else just doesn't acknowledge it as well like it's just an endless cycle it's it's in essence the rat race <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just that imposter syndrome in which is such like a horrible feeling but it, everybody goes through it it truly is like my stomach like is literally a knot yeah <laughs> all the time like I feel queasy going to certain classes just because like I don't feel comfortable where I'm at and it's just like, what can we do to take those steps to feel comfortable? And like you said, I feel like it can be a lot better if people just validate each exactly. other. Like, just tell me, like, I'm going in the right direction. Like, just tell me, like, something. Yeah, like, just work with me. Throw me a bone. Acknowledge right? something. Yeah, just because especially like in a work environment, like, am I doing what I'm doing? Like, am I doing, literally, yeah. am I doing it right? Like, yeah. I like asking those questions, am I doing what I have to be doing? And like, what can I do better? Yeah, is it up to your expectations, one? And if it is, 
then I can go off and I could go figure out how to do it better. And then I can, I can present that to you, hopefully promotion. But mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> how do you expect me to be better if you don't tell me? Exactly. In the end, right. it's literally communication, mm-hmm. communication. It's just having that, that open environment in which you feel comfortable, um, not only through like um, an employee to a boss, but a student to a professor, a mom to a daughter. It's validating, hey, you cleaned the dishes really well last night. Hey, you got a really good grade on your paper. Or hey, that that project proposal that you submitted, that was really good. And also mm-hmm. like acknowledging like other things. Like I know you've been really stressed, but you still got that done. Like yeah. just going the extra mile and like not even giving compliments, but like compliments that actually like matter and show that you're paying attention like not just like good job but like I like how you did this like tell me what exactly like not just like oh here's a gold sticker you know like I want to know exactly like I don't want you just like saying it just to say it something unique to yourself Mm -hmm. by embracing the validation theory educators and institutions Mm -hmm. can develop a welcoming and empowering climate that supports student success Students have been proven to flourish when their experiences, identities are appreciated, respected, and acknowledged. It highlights the value of empowering students through interactions and supporting connections so they can fully participate in their educational path. I think just like in school, when we listen to our teachers and classmates, we can learn more. If we listen to people who think differently, we can learn something new and make better choices. And I think we just need to remember to one, look at the big picture because we all have biases, whether we like yeah. it or not, we all have biases, especially, you know, the background we're raised in, just the way we're brought up, we're going to have biases. So I think it's always better to honestly work in groups sometimes mm-hmm. because then you get the beauty of perspectives because I am a communication major. So I might see things only from a humanities point of view. And Sophia is now a computer science minor. So now I might pick her brain and see, you know, the STEM point of view of, you know, what can we do better? Truly communication, I believe, is an art. It's an art form. And people struggle with it every single day. And it's so funny because, like, you think, like, oh, communication, like, I do it every single day. But, like, are you, I don't know. Are you doing it effectively? That's, I was going to say properly, but I think that's the perfect word is effectively like how are you communicating to people Mm -hmm. and how can you you know be better I think just like effectively articulating like our own like reasoning behind like our decisions just like by communicating like our own reasoning we're able to invite kind of like this judgment with others that way we can effectively receive like criticism and things like that that way we're not like evidently we are obviously going to be scared of just receiving criticism just in general. But I think by just like receiving it constantly, we're gonna be like learning and having like this mindset of continuous learning and adaptation because it acknowledges that our like initial uh, reasoning behind a thing might not be the case. But after like evolution, learning from different perspectives, like how both of you have been saying, it's gonna like refine our decision over time. And so we're adaptable to new information. And so it helps with the biases that we might have had at the beginning. And another thing that I want to add is something like my biggest pet peeve, like when it comes to validation theory, is that it goes both ways. And I think people forget that, especially when it comes to like supervisor to professor and supervisor to supervisee. Like 
now as a supervisor I feel like I am not getting any validation Mm -hmm. at all and it's just kind of expected of me which I know it is my job you know I am getting paid to do x y and z but it's also nice just to know that like okay like I'm doing what I need to be doing and like am I going in the right direction because this is also my first year doing this position so I'm lost and I also feel like I could have used a little bit more training in my position as well so just the little like okay you're doing this because I feel like you know as a supervisor now I'm like oh wow maybe I should be also validating my supervisors because like just little things that they do for me that I didn't even realize before because now as a supervisor I'm seeing everything behind the scenes so now even thinking about it as like a student perspective validating my professors like when they go the extra mile and stay with me after office hours like two hours after knowing they don't have to be there like just saying I appreciate you or helping me with creating my schedule just like those little things that people don't have to do and just saying like look I appreciate that no yeah I think that's such a brilliant thing to bring up as well because I was actually just recently in the same boat as you. Um, I'm currently a lead desk assistant, so I oversee approximately like 17 desk assistants. Essentially, what happens is that I ask them, what do you expect of me before going into the training? And one of my lovely desk assistants said "Um, feedback, like I want to know what I'm doing right. I thought that was just such a wonderful thing to hear because, like I said, that's not what I expected to it's common sense, but it just didn't click in my head. It's the awareness of, you know what, you're right. Like, I am going to tell you, thank you so much for having such enthusiasm when engaging with um, visitors whenever they come into the office, or thank you for going the extra mile when you took down flyers around the campus. Like, thank you so much for doing that. And it's just, Kaylin, even if it's what you said, like feedback as a supervisor as well, because I was lucky enough to have my sup- my own supervisor uh, tell me what I did right or um, what I could probably um, do better. But that's that was my supervisor. Like, what about the people I oversee? I want to make sure that I'm creating such a welcoming space for them that makes it certain that they enjoy coming to work. I feel like this can also go for like the classroom setting too, yeah. with like professors especially, because I feel like. I'm going to use like rate my professor as like one of like the things, but I know a lot of professors don't really go on there, but a lot of professors are so afraid to go and look at what the rate my professor scores are. Cause they're like, Oh, it's just like the people that like really hated my class. It's like, are you, sh- are you sure about that? Like, why don't you also do like your own thing? Cause I do know that at least like here they'll do like the, what is it? Like the, uno- yeah like the rate at the end of the semester how's your experience in this class yeah and then like I I mean personally I always love like giving like feedback back like to like professors who actually gave me feedback absolutely oh no I'm gonna give you feedback no matter what (laughs) exactly I'm like so they did this because in the end of the day it's what matters right because if no one's telling other people what they're doing it's gonna stay stagnant no one's gonna get better and (laughs) I don't want to attend in a university where it's not going to get better. You need to ignite the change. Yeah. Sophia is honestly on me all the time. Like, I will complain. (laughs) I'm going to complain. Like, if I had a bad day, you're going to hear about it. I'm sorry, you are. But what Sophia helped me realize, (laughs) like, if you're going to complain about it, that's fine and dandy, but do something after. Like, what are you going to do after? And I think that is honestly the best advice I've ever, like, gotten is, like, it's okay, like, you can vent, you can cry, you can do whatever you got to do, but what are you going to do after? Literally, take the, 
Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I don't know where I read this, guys, but I read somewhere that, or maybe I saw a video, guys. I don't know. The the internet's filled with everything. But I saw that like Beyonce said how, you know what? She'll allow herself to be sad. Oh, yeah. That is yeah. Queen B. Thank you very much. She will allow herself to be sad. She will feel the feels because you know, in the end of the day, that we are quite literally humans. We need to feel the roller coaster of emotions. She'll give herself a day. She'll give herself the amount of time that she needs. However, she's going to get back up and then she's going to work. Yeah, have yeah. a plan. Have goals. Like, it went wrong. You fell, you fell down. Okay, but what are you going to do to get back up? Like, put a Band-Aid on it. Like, don't just keep letting the wound be exactly. exposed over and over again. Like, treat the wound. Like, do the steps you have to take to get better. Because if you're just complaining, then you are a part of the problem. Exactly. To expect that life is just a linear journey with no twists and turns, ups and downs, you you already are setting yourself up for disappointment. So I think once you do acknowledge that and you do make amends with that, you're pretty much set. And then you will your life will be so much kinder to you, so much easier. Yeah. Mentally, physically, spiritually, in all so in all, all aspects. aspects. Yeah. And we're not saying like oh don't be a baby like right yeah. no girl cry yeah. what are we doing validating your feeling <laughs> no, yeah. because we need to be validated just having this conversation right now I'm like my my heart feels a little lighter like me too I just feel like I feel good like just having this conversation and I'm like I'm glad y'all can hear it too because it's just that's all we need to hear at the end of the day like we're all humans and you gotta cry like that's fine because one thing I will say, like, if you keep bottling it up, you are going to explode. It's going to explode. Ten times worse, by the way. And yeah. probably at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. might as well deal with it in a healthy way. But just do something about it. Like, have goals. And it's okay to fall down. It's okay to mess up. But what are you going to do next? As we know, Laura Rendon and her colleagues' research explore the principles of validation theory have shown that acknowledging and validating students' efforts, strengths, and experiences can lead to improvements in their self-efficacy, motivation, and general well-being. This, in turn, can positively impact their persistence, their academic success, and their overall sense of community. Validation theory suggests that the same principles can be applied to first-generation college students and potential employees helping them overcome challenges and reach their full potential by recognizing and validating their unique qualities and accomplishments. No, literally, Sophia. Like, is it that hard? Like, really? <laughs> is it that hard to just just tell me I did a good job? Mm-hmm. But with that being said, that brings us to the end of an insightful episode of After Hours. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on validation theory. Join us next time for more captivating conversation and engaging insights. Until then, goodbye and stay curious.